In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello, and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And this series is in cooperation with Cinda Virtual, which brings you thought leaders and business stories from all over the world. Now, you can learn more about Cinda on www.cinda.org. But we don't only bring you thought leaders from all over the world. We also have listeners from all over the world. So good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be listening from today. And if you're new to the show, let me tell you what this show is about. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact globalization, digital transition, and the connected world is having on our organizations and what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we've talked about everything from business issues such as artificial intelligence, digital transitions, and data protection regulations to leadership issues such as gender balance and business values and ethics that may impact your organization or your individual career. Now, listen to us live every Tuesday, 3 p.m. Pacific time. And if you miss us live, don't worry because we're on every podcast all across the web. You can hear us on Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify. Just put in Leadership Beyond Borders and you will find us. And I invite you to connect with me. Please send me your thoughts and insights to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or go to the website leadershipbeyondborders.net and send me a mail and let me know what kind of subjects you want to hear about on this show. But regardless, if you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is local or your business is international, make sure you join us each week and we will make sure that you take away something useful for either your business or yourself. Now, on to today's episode. You know, there's one question I kind of ponder on and a question I often ask myself, and it's like, why do companies have such a hard time promoting the right people? And why do people have such a hard time adjusting when they get promoted? Now, the answer probably lies out there in this giant escape room called the corporate world. Um, But, you know, it's hard to find. And today we're going to talk to an expert in this area who's going to help us find some answers to these questions and maybe give us a little bit of direction. Our guest today is Dr. Wanda T. Wallace, and she's the managing partner of Leadership Forum, who coaches, facilitates, and speaks on improving leadership through better conversations. She hosts the weekly radio show and podcast, out of the comfort zone, and is the author of You Can't Know It All, Leading in the Age of Deep Expertise. The book was published in 2019 and presents the coaching model she has developed to address the challenges of transitioning into new leadership roles and how to combine expertise and growing responsibilities. As managing partners of Leadership Forum, she helps organizations improve the quality of their conversations, and her radio show and podcast out of the comfort zone geared towards developing leadership capabilities when people find themselves leading outside of their area of expertise outside of their comfort zone. So Wanda, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. So let's just, um, you know, why did you write this book? First of all, let's kind of start with that. For exactly the reason you started. 
that companies were promoting people that they thought were the right people to promote. And I am working with coaching, running training classes with people who are struggling for one of two questions. Either I got that promotion and I now don't know how to handle it. I don't know how to shift. I don't have enough time. What am I supposed to do? Or they're struggling because they can't get that opportunity and they don't understand what's missing. And it was through years of working with people at that point in their career who says, help, that the book mm-hmm. came to be. It's mm-hmm. how, why do people struggle either to get that next step or to struggle to do the job once they get it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, we're going to go get kind of deep dive into those, but I just want to, I want to stay a little bit general first, because um, what are you seeing today in the business world? And I I said, you know, I've seen, you know, companies who don't know how to promote the right people. And um, generally what's going on today? It seems like leadership has changed since after the pandemic. Well, our relationships have changed as a result of the pandemic. So the connections that tied us together as organizations are largely severed. I mean, there were loose connections to begin with and having Mm -hmm. been away from seeing each other interacting on a daily basis for sort of three plus years, those relationships are severed. And I think the business businesses work because of the relationships, because the ability to call somebody and say, hey, I need an insight on this or can you help me? When those loose ties are severed, you know, you don't call and none mm-hmm. of us can do this work alone. We need our group groups to make it happen. So I think there's been a disruption in the relationships. I think that's mm-hmm. one thing. I think the second thing is more so than I've ever seen in my lifetime, time is just like everybody is stressed about the time. There's mm. none And so the thought of investing time to rebuild the relationships or time to go and talk to people individually and get their point of view and get them bought in or time to sit and debate an idea. I mean, this time is just gone in ways that are new. Mm -hmm. I think that is pressing everybody against the wall at every level in in all the organizations I see. Mm-hmm. And, and let me ask about you know these severed relationships and, and disruption in relationships. Do you think um, do you think this was happening before the pandemic um, that we're we're looking for different kinds of leadership styles and then all of a sudden the pandemic hit and everything was virtual so it kind of like put the gasoline on the fire and accelerated that. Um, do you think this has been something that's been coming for a while? I personally think it's been coming for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are a couple of indicators on this. One is if follow any of the data on the trust measures, the trust metrics. Mm -hmm. Trust has been declining for the last decade pretty much around the world and in pretty dramatic ways. So, you know, how far am I going to trust my leaders, my immediate manager, my immediate leader, or the leaders of the organization? And I think everybody is seeing that as a decline. And that disrupts the relationship. So I think that's one thing that has been coming Um, I think the second one is um, sort of sparked by Gen X and Gen Z, well, more by Gen Z and millennials than anything else. This younger generation wants to be treated differently. I'm not Mm -hmm. sure it's a different leadership style, but they sort of say, are asking the question of why should I work for you? Mm -hmm. You Do you care about me or you just care how much I produce for you? And, you know, if you don't care about me, then why am I caring about you? 
And, mm-hmm. you know, I, they're forcing us to address that question and then add the pandemic on top of it. And it becomes a really important question. But that trend was there before the pandemic. It's just mm-hmm. accelerated through the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Do, do you think when we come when we talk about trust, do you think we've kind of um, lost role models? I mean, I remember, you know, when I w- was coming up through the ranks and coming out of university, I always had some role models and and I don't necessarily see that that many role models anymore. Do you think that's part of part of one of the problems that we're facing? Um, role models is always a tricky thing, you know. Mm-hmm. So I still think there are role models out there, and I still think people are identifying role models. Mm-hmm. Um, but to have a good role model, I have to have enough access to somebody to understand how they actually lead. Mm-hmm. And I have to have enough in common with them to feel that I can identify with them, that I can relate to them. And that's common in terms of the typical patterns we talk about, male, female, race, socioeconomic status, my university, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and style. Plus, it's just your worldview and your approach and your lead and what you say. And, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. And I think they're still there. I see a lot of leaders that I think are to be admired. Mm-hmm. I don't know that enough people in their organizations have access to them. Again, I come back to we've severed those loose ties. Mm-hmm. We're not doing anything that makes them visible to the organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's that's a really good point. And um, and when you talk about you know Gen Gen Z, okay, and um, you know they're really, as you said, they they want different things, okay. And do you think that that companies are actually understanding that and realizing that um, that this is a different generation? Well, in some ways, it's not. It is different by all yep. the demographics, and there's a bunch of things that says, you know, are we sure that this isn't just a U.S. phenomenon as opposed to a global mm-hmm. phenomenon? And we could debate that, but for the moment, let me just stick with. Let's say it is a little bit different. I think what's different are the mass numbers. I think when Gen X came into the workplace, they wanted some of the same kinds of behaviors. I think when baby boomers came into the workplace, they wanted some of the same kind of behaviors. But both baby boomers and Gen X learned to live with what was there Mm -hmm. and to put up with it because it was economically lean at times. You sort of had no choice. Mm -hmm. And um, then you get settled into it. And then I think the mistake we're making is to say, no, you should learn to live with it. And, you know, this is just how it is. And I think they're saying, why? Why should I? Mm -hmm. And I think we should lean into that question. I don't think it's unique. I just think it's larger numbers and an interesting point in history that is asking us to rethink what it means to lead a group of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's 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 a very interesting point. And do you think do you think with all this the severed relationships and and kind of this new change and and kind of lack of trust? Do you think that we are in a leadership crisis today, or or we're we're not? Um, leadership crisis. Yeah, I think we're in a trust crisis for sure. Trust and I crisis. guess that means by default we're in a leadership crisis, but it's a relationship crisis to me. Mm-hmm. You know, so much that happens in most organizations happens in the peer-to-peer connections. There are these loosely aligned teams that have to achieve something phenomenal and they're not actually formally tied together. And often the leader of that is not a formal relationship. It's this influence thing that is sort of driving most of the big things that happen in organizations at the moment. And that requires 
different levels of communication, different levels of trust, different styles of influence. I mean, I think that's the crisis, not so much leadership. Mm -hmm. And you talk about that in your book and you talk about, I mean, communication. Um, We're going to take a break in a minute, but just a quick word on communication. I mean, are we... Do we have to learn, relearn how to communicate? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's relearn as it is refine. So mm-hmm. it's easy for me to communicate with you when we have a lot in common. Your style is like my style. Your understanding, your knowledge is like my style. It's not that hard to get the communication feeling like it's effective. Mm-hmm. But when I add, you have a very different style, you have a very different background, you have a different set of expectations, and you have a different set of knowledge as we get in these loosely aligned teams, it's now very difficult to communicate. And with lack of time, we just sub-optimize right, left, and center. Mm-hmm. So I think all of these pieces come together to, to create a crisis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and time, I think I'm going to come back to that. I'm going to come back to how this affects um, companies as they're, as they're looking for leaders and promoting leaders. But uh, Wanda, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, I want to talk about, you know, some of these issues on why companies have difficulty selecting good people. And then also, you know, some of the leadership styles you talk about in your book. And for our listeners, our guest today is Dr. Wanda T. Wallace, and she's the managing partner of Leadership Forum, who coaches, facilitates, and speaks on improving leadership through better conversations. As managing director of Leadership Forum, she helps organizations improve the quality of their conversations. And she is the author of You Can't Know It All, Leading in the Age of deep expertise. And we're going to discuss a little bit about that after the break. And if you'd like to learn more about her, you can go to her websites on www.leadership-forum.com, www.wanderwallace.com, and www.outofthecomfortzone.com. And she's also on Facebook under Wallace Out of the Comfort Zone and on LinkedIn under Wanda Wallace, and on Twitter under uh, Ask Wanda, and Instagram at Wanda Wallace. And she's also on YouTube, if you want to check that out, under Wanda Wallace. And this broadcast is also brought to you by Cinda, and Cinda is one of Europe's fastest-growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. They hold trainings, conferences, do market research, and legislative white papers focused on digital. They also have an e-learning platform for entrepreneurs and startups, and this e-learning platform is free, and it takes entrepreneurs and startups from idea to exit. Now, you can access all that on www.cinda.org. And they also have conferences, and the next conference is going to be held October 22nd to 25th in Porto, Portugal. So please go to www.cinda.org and check it out. And with that, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. Birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. 
Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at leadershipforuminc.com. How do you cultivate braver, more daring leaders? And how do you embed the value of courage in your culture? How do you take charge of your life and achieve your goals and bring about positive changes that propel you forward? On The Leader's Edge, join your hosts, Steve and Ernie, as they bring a mix of insights in personal and leadership growth that shapes your culture and the culture around you. Lean in and learn intentionally how to accelerate into your next best life. Tune into The Leader's Edge with Ernalita DeCumos and Steve Steele, Thursdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders, and I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And today we're talking with Dr. Wanda T. Wallace, and she's the managing partner of Leadership Forum. And Leadership Forum coaches, facilitates, and speaks on improving leadership through better conversations. And as the managing partner of Leadership Forum, she helps organizations improve the quality of their conversations. She also has a radio show and podcast, Out of the Comfort Zone, and is the author of You Can't Know It All, Leading in the Age of Deep Expertise, which we're going to talk about right now, Wanda. So um, a question. So we've talked about this this kind of communication, trust crisis, and time crisis. Um, but d- d- is that the answer to the question on why companies have such a hard time on promoting people? Um, I think we, (laughs) I pet peeve on this one is part of the reason we have such a hard time developing and therefore promoting good leaders, the best leaders is because we have really terrible criteria for what we're looking for in leadership. Mm -hmm. So I'll give you my, one of my pet peeves has been standing for about 20 years is we say you need to have great gravitas. Fabulous. That's a judgment. Mm-hmm. What am I? How am I supposed? Am I just born with it, or I'm not born with it? Does it mean I have to be like you in order to have gravitas by your opinion? What does that mean, and how do I go about de- developing it? And actually, if you stop and take any one of those judgments—strategic, gravitas, um, get it done, bring people along—those phrases—and break it down into say, what are the behaviors that lead to the conclusion that somebody has gravitas? Mm-hmm. And we could use those behaviors as criteria and as feedback and as development programs. We would get people with the behaviors we're looking to see and with the leadership qualities we're looking to see. Mm-hmm. So it starts with if you don't understand what it is you're looking for, then I can't properly evaluate. Mm-hmm. I can't properly give feedback. I can't properly develop. And I know we all have leadership competencies. 
But I'd challenge you to go back and look at those competencies and tell me how many of them are actual behaviors that you could teach somebody to do and how many of them are judgments people have or don't have. Mm-hmm. And, and judgment, I mean, that's kind of dangerous because, I mean, I, I, you said, um, you know, you, people, leaders a lot of times have a tendency to pick people like themselves, okay? And that and that's that's definitely a judgment. Um, how often do you see that and um, how do you kind of get out of that loop, okay? Look, I see it all the time. If I'm a senior leader with limited time, I'm going to pick somebody I trust. Mm-hmm. And somebody I trust is somebody who's going to be a lot like me because Mm -hmm. that's easy. I understand it. They understand me. I know how to give them. I mean, just that simple fact of human behavior is that the more we have in common, the more I am likely to trust you. Mm -hmm. And I say leaders are going to pick people they're comfortable with. And so part of what that means is leaders need to question why they are comfortable and have a set of criteria they can evaluate and say, does this person really meet what I need? And individuals need to say, what can I do to make this hiring manager more comfortable with me? That doesn't mean change me. It means how can I help them see the qualities that I'm bringing to this particular job? Mm-hmm. And, and isn't that completely against what we talk about, about, you know, performance and diversity? I mean, the more diverse group, the more ideas you have um, and the better That's, performance. <laughs> it's an interesting double-edged sword. So I will get in trouble for saying this, but it's what I fundamentally believe. So I will say, mm-hmm. yes, a diverse team where that team really connects with each other, really listens and learns from each other, where people can speak their mind, what we've called psychological safety, is going to outperform any other team. But notice I said, when that team trusts each other and they listen to each other and their psychological safety, frequently when we put one or two or three diverse individuals, however you define that, into a team, they, the trust doesn't really get built. The relationships don't get built. The ease doesn't get built. And so we will sub-optimize performance. Uh-huh. Okay. That's, that, that's really interesting because, you know, we read so many, uh, so many articles and so many management articles on you have to build this diverse team. I mean, how would you, as a coach, then, how do you build that relationship between such a diverse team? All right, so first off, I think a candidate of one, so I have one person on the team who's unique, is horrible because Mm -hmm. the group will dominate. Mm -hmm. If I have 10 people on the team and they are different in 10 different ways, there is no dominance. Mm -hmm. And suddenly it is a very even playing field. So the first thing I would say is get a widely diverse team Mm -hmm. and talk about the differences that everybody brings and then talk about the common ground. It takes time to build common experiences, common perspectives, common ground, common understanding of each other. And that can be done. We're not talking about years. Mm -hmm. It can be done if you put intentional effort in it. Yeah. And we come back to that time, putting the effort into it again. Okay. Um, Time is what's going to give you performance. So I guess you got to decide which of the two you want to emphasize. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I want to I want to come back a little bit to your book. I mean, I, this is really interesting because I've never thought about if one person's unique, then it's going to be very difficult for that person. But if if it's wider, then then you could get that higher performance. Um, but I want to come back to the leadership styles, okay, that you talk mm-hmm. about in the book, okay? And you talk about E leaders as experts and S leaders as spanning, okay? Or um, so can you? Can you, first of all, just kind of on a high level, talk about the difference and then we can go into each one and and talk about their behaviors. All right. So spanning means spanning across domains of knowledge. Mm -hmm. Expert means leading an area where you are the expert in that domain of knowledge. Okay. Our tendency is to say experts are individual contributors and spanning leaders are general managers. And I say absolutely wrong understanding of the concept I'm trying to get across. In today's knowledge economy, where details, controlling quality, controlling risk matter so much for everything, experts become leaders and they can be quite senior in organizations. So I have one client where I swear the entire top team are all experts in their area and they lead like experts. So when I'm an expert, my team can come to me and say, geez, Wanda, I don't know how to solve this engineering problem. Talk it through with me and I can help them solve it because Mm -hmm. I'm an expert in the engineering process. And we love those kind of leaders. They're great. Customers love them. The organization loves them. They control the quality and risk, and they develop the content depth of the people that are around them. Mm -hmm. But then sometimes we want those leaders, particularly at senior levels, to start taking a more enterprise view, looking across the um, enterprise, not just in their specific area, their market or their functional knowledge, but looking across, connecting the dots, seeing the big picture and understanding that a decision we make, let's say in engineering, impacts so many other different spaces within the organization and see that. And in mm-hmm. that case, we're now looking for people to look across domains, mm-hmm. spanning. And the point is, it's not one or the other. It needs to be a combination. There is no way in this economy we're going to accept any leader who knows nothing about the business or the area. Mm-hmm. They have to know something. They don't have to know everything, but they have to know something. Mm-hmm. So when when I mean if I'm thinking years ago, okay, and um, you know, it, it, it these these e experts always seemed to kind of um, be in a box, okay, and there was always kind of this myth, okay, they're an expert, but they're they're not a really good leader. And then on the other hand, the the spanning, they you know okay, they kind of know everything, but they really don't know the business that much. I mean, how? where are we today and, and how do we combine this? See, I think it's the combination. We've divided mm-hmm. as an either or for ages. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're expert, you know the legal area, then stay in your legal function and don't ever leave that legal function because what do you know about these other areas? Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'll give you an example of that one. Um, A woman that I worked with a number of years ago, manufacturing business, she was in the legal area and she moved into the sales area. And everybody said, what that meant? Why? That makes no sense whatsoever until you understand that one of the issues that was happening in sales had to do with some contracts, some vending contracts, some franchise contracts, so, you know, a bunch And her expertise on contracting actually made her very effective 
mm-hmm. in the sales area. Now, she had to learn a few things about sales that she didn't know, but she brought a great set of knowledge that made her highly effective. And it's the bleeding of those where we're beginning to get some of the best opportunities. So mm-hmm. to me, it's that what we've tried to do is to sever everything as black and white, and it's not. It's shades of gray. Mm-hmm. And how do you see these models developing as we go forward? Because, I mean, we are in an extremely complicated economy today. Right. Um, how do companies approach the, this this blending of these two kinds of leaderships? First, I have to get them to recognize that it, there are two kinds and that there are two different approaches to leading, and both are effective in their space. Mm-hmm. What happens is when we put them in the wrong space, they're no longer effective. And this is why we think we can't promote good leaders. Because we put them in a new space and don't explain to them what needs to change in their behaviors. So blending. So let's take somebody who is um, a chief um, risk, you know, a risk area person. Mm-hmm. And let's say I'm going to move them into an operational role in the organization. But we'll move that probably makes a lot of sense depending upon your industry. I need to explain to that person that, yes, you are bringing your knowledge of risk but you're also bringing your capability to get people to see the level, the, the implications of the risk. That's mm-hmm. what you're really good at, and that's what you're bringing to this role. You are not the expert in the operations. You're going to learn to rely on people who do know the details of the operations. You'll learn a few things, but your ability to bring that team together and let that team solve the problems is what's going to make you successful. Mm-hmm. When you start explaining that to somebody, then they go, oh, I get what I need to be doing. I get what my job is. I get how I'm adding value. Mm-hmm. That's where we begin to see. So, yes, in that case, the risk would be, let's say, 10, 15 percent of your job, but 75, 85 percent of your job is something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that could go in the opposite direction as well. Yeah. So, I mean, um, I want to I dive into that after the break a little bit more and uh, talk about the people who are actually moving. But just to say, you know, to stay on the corporate level, in, in your book you say that you would love to kill the term general manager. So wh- why and what should replace it? <laughs> because the assumption is that general management means if you've got these leadership skills that we have taught for decades – then we can plop you into any industry, Mm -hmm. in any space, in any area, and you can lead. And to which I say, bah humbug. Mm -hmm. It can't be done today, not effectively. Let's take the senior most position in any organization, the CEO or the head of the organization, and say, would you take a person who knows nothing about your industry, nothing about your customers, nothing about your operations, nothing about your risk profile, and today put them in as CEO? I think the answer is no. Right. Yeah. So even in the utmost job that should be the utmost general management, you have to know something about the business. The business. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Um, Wanda, we're going to take a small break. And when we come back, um, I want to talk about, you know, helping people move into these positions um, and and kind of bridging into a new position. And for our listeners, we're talking to Dr. Wanda T. Wallace, and she's the managing partner of Leadership Forum, who coaches, facilitates, and speaks on improving leadership through better conversations. As managing partner of Leadership Forum, she helps organizations improve the quality of their conversations. And she also hosts a weekly radio show and podcast, Out of the Comfort Zone. 
and she is the author of You Can't Know It All, Leading in the Age of Deep Expertise. And if you'd like to learn more about her, go to her website under www.leadership-forum.com and she's www.wandawallace.com and www.outofthecomfortzone.com. And she's also on all social media on uh on Facebook under Wallace Out of the Comfort Zone, on LinkedIn under Wanda-Wallace, on Twitter, Ask Wanda, and on Instagram at Wanda Wallace. And she also has a YouTube station, so you can look up Wanda Wallace. So please look her up and connect with her. And this broadcast is also brought to you by Cinda, and Cinda is one of Europe's fastest-growing nonprofit digital marketing local search associations. They hold virtual trainings, do conferences, market research, and legislative white papers, focus on digital. And they have their next conference coming up in October, October 22nd to 25th in Porto, Portugal. And they also have an e-learning platform for startups and entrepreneurs. It's free, and it takes startups and entrepreneurs from idea to exit, and you can access that on www.cinda.org under Cinda for Startups. And with that, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Tune in each week for the Labenthal Report with hosts Dominic Tavella and Michael Hartzman. The Labenthal Report keeps you in tune with market conditions, investment opportunities, and outlooks based on the stories and headlines to keep you in touch with your financial success. Are you picking the right financial path? Find out by listening to the Labenthal Report live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And today we're talking with Dr. Wanda T. Wallace, and she's the managing partner of Leadership Forum. And Leadership Forum coaches, facilitates, and speaks on improving leadership through conversations. And as managing partner of Leadership Forum, she helps organizations improve quality of their conversation. She also hosts a weekly radio show and podcast, Out of the Comfort Zone, and is the author of You Can't Know It All, Leading in the Age of Deep Expertise. So, Wanda, I want to talk about that out of the comfort zone, okay? Um, so, you know, we've talked about the 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 two different kinds of the, the leaders, the S leader and the E leader. And um, 
we see companies promoting people and sometimes people just kind of get stuck. Okay. You know, they're, they're going to that next level and they really don't know what's expected of them. How do we help people be effective as they start to get promoted? Okay. All right. So let me make sure I'm clear about this one out of the comfort zone moments for me are those moments when you're asked to lead outside your expertise. Okay. So let's be clear. When I know my stuff, and I know I know my stuff, and I know my stuff as well as anybody else in the organization, confidence, this thing called imposter syndrome, are not really usually a problem. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm at ease. I'll speak to anybody. It's largely okay. When I begin to move in that space where I no longer know everything there is to know or know it as well as somebody else, then we start to get nervous, Mm -hmm. Some of us a lot more so than others. And that's where we start to say, I lose my confidence or I feel like an imposter or, you know, how do I deal with this? And those are out of the comfort zone moments. Like, what do I do? And I think that a lot of people in their careers um, retreat to the comfort zone. They'll stay in the expertise because it feels safe Mm -hmm. and they don't push themselves to have a project or a time that is out of their comfort zone. So they test their ability to do it and they demonstrate to the organization that they can lead outside of a comfort zone. So it's, we don't want to kind of like leave your expertise leadership job and jump into something that's completely out of your comfort zone. You want to look for ways to develop some skills around it, some understanding about it, and to demonstrate it to your stakeholders that you can indeed lead out of the organization, out of the comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So it's an evolution, is the answer, Kimberly. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I can see that happening because if you're if you're an e leader, okay, um, and and we want this blending, you know, you're going to you might be an expert in the area, but you're going to have to have some spanning as if you really want to be effective. And if you're, you know, in spanning, you have to have expertise. You, uh, the example you gave before the break was that would, would a C, would we hire a CEO that knows nothing about the business? The answer is no. Okay. So um, how do you help people make this transition? Well, I think, so first off, the transition between expert leader and spanning leader requires you to answer three questions and they have to be answered in order. Mm-hmm. So as an expert leader, I'm adding value because of my content knowledge, my ability to control risk and quality. As a spanning leader, the question fundamentally is now how am I adding value? And let's be clear, if you can't add value, nobody wants to work for you. So how? Because it's not about content knowledge. And then you can say, so what's the work I'm doing? Because I can't do the work my team is doing. I'm not the expert in that. And then we come to the relationships. How am I talking to people, relating to people, bringing people along? And it is different because I'm not coming from a base of content knowledge. Those are the three questions that we need Mm -hmm. to watch for. So what I recommend people do is to find a thing that is not your area of expertise and take a leadership role on. And let me give you some simple ones. Mm -hmm. Just about every organization has some charitable activity that they're doing. Volunteer to lead something there. It's outside your area of expertise, but you will be leading. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, a volunteer for a project that is outside of your functional area. So you have to get some exposure to other groups and functions and businesses and customers. Uh, that is also a way of doing it. Um, recruiting. 
where you're agreeing to interview people, maybe back on a university campus, maybe just interviewing people in general, that gives you some exposure to a different form of leadership because you'll be sitting in meetings with people trying to give your opinion, hear their opinion, and come to a conclusion about someone. Mm-hmm. Those are in, you know, like any of the networking groups, like women's groups or, you know, parenting groups or any other are also ways to lead outside your expertise. Get some experience. Talk to people about it. Mm-hmm. Ask some of your senior stakeholders, how have they stepped out of their comfort zone and succeeded? Mm-hmm. And and when you're in your book, um, you talk a little bit about, you know, certain groups um, have a little bit more difficulty doing this. And you talk about women or, or certain minorities. How can how can we encourage certain target groups to be more com- comfortable in stepping outside of their comfort zones to develop their leadership skills? Yeah. When you ask why I wrote the book, that was the starting point for writing the book because mm-hmm. I'm seeing a lot of our diverse candidates, women and minorities, who stuck to what was comfortable because mm-hmm. then they didn't have to deal with the politics then their confidence wasn't an issue. The fact that they felt a little bit like an outsider didn't really matter because they were bringing this expertise that gave them a ticket in. And it was easy for them, and it's also easy for the organization to keep them in that box. Mm -hmm. But it makes it difficult to take the next step in career because there's a point at which the next step requires some of these spanning skills. And so I think both sides of the equation keep people in a box. Mm -hmm. You're the expert on blank, and I'm not letting you out of that box, and you're not pushing to get out of that box either. Mm -hmm. So that's, I think that's the struggle. And it's, you know, when I'm not like everybody else, what I often call the dominant coalition in a group, then it, that sense of feeling isolated or lacking confidence looms bigger. Mm-hmm. I doubt yeah. if I'll be accepted. It doesn't feel like me. And so it's just that much harder to push into this space that's uncomfortable, that's out of the comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And what can companies do to make that more comfortable for people? Because, I mean, all right, it's it's you pushing yourself and, and trying to step out of your own comfort zone and expand your leadership. But then, um, you know, as you said, companies say you're in this box and we're not going to let you on the box. What can companies do to, to, to help promote more um, diversity, stepping out and, and development of new skills? All right. So every case, not it's probably unfair, but every case I know, a manager has pulled somebody aside and says, I think you are capable of doing more. Mm-hmm. I want to see you push yourself out of the comfort zone. Here's an opportunity and I will help you figure out how to do it. So if I have one thing for managers, it's reach out to your diverse talent and help them get out of their comfort zone. That means describe to them what they need to do. That's what the book is for. Talk to them about how to test those skills. Talk to your network about why you think their capability capabilities are there. Introduce them to people in your network. If managers would do that, we would see lots of progress. Mm-hmm. All right? And to individuals, I say, you can help yourself by learning what it is you have to transition from to and the skills that you have to get comfortable with in order to make that transition and start talking to people about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
and and coming back to companies, is there anything that companies today can do better today to really recognize good talent? Okay, um, you know, I, we talked about at the beginning people promoting, you know, people that are like themselves. Um, you know, here we're talking about development managers helping people, you know, come out of the comfort comfort zone. But then you also have, you know, how do I, you identify that person that probably has good leadership potential? Well, first off, we don't know if they have yeah. great leadership potential if we've never seen them. Mm-hmm. So you've seen them as their expert leader, but you've never given them a test case mm-hmm. on how to lead in a small way when you're not the expert. So give them an opportunity. Talk to them about what the transition looks like. Um, you know, run a training program where people understand the nature of the transition and how to begin to develop those skills for doing it. I think, Kimberly, it starts with having a better understanding of what the evolution from expert to spanning looks like, mm-hmm. the skills that are needed to get from one to the other. And then I've got better criteria for evaluating talent, giving feedback to talent, and developing talent. Mm-hmm. And how how effective are training programs? Okay. Um, you know, you hear you hear a lot of controversy. Sometimes they're effective, sometimes they're not. Um, is it the type of training program or how you go about it that makes it most effective? Uh, this is a whole other podcast. <laughs> okay. Do I believe it's possible to run an effective training program? 100% yes. Do I think we're uniformly doing that in a brilliant way? No. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we teach some of the same old skills without putting the right context around it so you understand how they fit together. We don't do frequently in these enough one-to-one so people understand how do I apply this thing you just told me about in my world with my boss and the team I'm working with. Mm -hmm. So I'm finding people are needing much more one-to-one guidance than they needed 15 years ago. Yeah. We don't put the leadership in the context of what the organization is trying to achieve so people understand how does this change really help me accelerate and our company accelerate. I mean, there's just a lot of pieces we're not tying together. Mm-hmm. And too often we talk in training programs about the concept of, like the concept of managing conflict without talking about the steps to managing uh-huh. conflict. Yeah, and exactly. People want the how. Mm-hmm. And then they want to make it personal. Yeah, great. Okay, um, Wanda, really interesting. We're getting towards the end of our um, our podcast. Um, great book um, for our listeners. Please get the book. You can't know it all. Leading in the age of deep expertise. And so, kind of summing this all up, if you had a one message for our listeners out there, um, maybe a message for the managers and a message for the employees, what would that be? All right, so the message is stop thinking about an expert as an individual contributor and Mm -hmm. a broader leader as just having general management skills. Mm -hmm. I want you to see that today's effective leaders have one part expertise and one part ability to lead when they are not the expert. Mm -hmm. And then to do that, I need to be asking how much of my role is expertise driven and how much of it is spanning driven? What's the proportion? And then I need to be saying, how am I adding value if I'm not around content? What's the work I uniquely need to be doing that is the greatest value add, by the way, when Mm -hmm. I'm not the content expert? And then what do my relationships need to be looking like? What am I talking about? How am I talking to people given that I'm not talking about content knowledge? 
Mm -hmm. And and we'll get you there. Yeah. And time. Um, A last comment on the time, because we talked a lot about that. You know, we we have to put the time into this um, just to comment on time. Yeah. Comment on time. Time is in enormously short supply. So (laughs) I think if you are caring about the development of your leadership potentials in your organization at all, then you have to recognize it can't be done. I mean, we can't take two hours and develop great leaders. Right. It's going to take time and it's going to take careful thought and it's going to take concentration on behaviors and it's going to take some individual one-to-one applications if you really want to do a great job of developing leaders. Great. Well, thank you so much. It's been really interesting. And for our uh, listeners, we've been talking with Dr. Wanda T. Wallace, and she's the managing partner of Leadership Forum. And Leadership Forum coaches, facilitates, and speaks on improving leadership through better conversations. And as managing director of Leadership Forum, she helps organizations improve the quality of their conversation. She's also the host of the weekly radio show podcast, Out of the Comfort Zone. And she is the author of You Can't Know It All, Leading in the Age of deep expertise it's available on amazon a great read i encourage you to get it the book was published in 2019 and presents the coaching model she has developed to address the challenges of transitioning into new leadership roles and how to combine expertise with growing responsibilities and her podcast and radio show out of the comfort zone is geared towards developing leadership capacity when people find themselves leading outside of their area of expertise so if you'd like to learn more, go to www.leadership-forum.com, um, also www.wandawallace.com, www.outofthecomfortzone.com. Wanda is also on social media, on Facebook under Wallace Out of the Comfort Zone, on LinkedIn under Wanda-Wallace, on Twitter, Ask Wanda, and on Instagram at Wanda. T. Wallace. And on YouTube, you can find her under Wanda Wallace. So, Wanda, once again, thank you. Really interesting. Great book. I really enjoyed it. And thank you for taking the time to be with us today. It's a pleasure. Thanks for the invitation, Kimberly. And thanks for the great questions. Okay, great. And uh, really insightful today. And for our listeners, this broadcast is also brought to you by Cinda. And Cinda is one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital marketing and local associations. They hold virtual trainings, conferences, do market research and legislative white paper focused on digital. They also have a e-learning platform for entrepreneurs and startups. It's free. And you can go to www. Uh, cinda.org under Cinda for Startups to have access to that platform. And they also have conferences and their next conference is being held in Porto, Portugal, October 22nd to 25th. So to learn more about Cinda, please go to www.cinda.org. And once again, thank you for listening today. And please remember to tune in to us every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific time. And with that, have a great week and until next week. So thank you very much. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.